This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Bucks for the second game in a row, 110 to 96, sweeping the Pfizer Forum miniseries 2 to 0. So 110-96, they dominated throughout this one, by the way. The Raptors, very good, an extremely fun game. Basically, if you like any players on the team, there's a little bit of everything for you. DeAndre Bembry got the start with Kyle Lowry out. He took the ball up the floor sometimes. His defense was typically quite impressive. They used him as a tertiary ball handler. He passed the ball well. He slipped back for... He had a backdoor cut where OG found him for a dunk. He had a corner three. Everything was working pretty well. That's a nice little piece of input that he gave the Raptors. Pascal, probably the best player in this game. He was he was very, very impressive. Both ends of the floor. The offense, pitch perfect. The defense, you know, intrusive against the Bucks and affecting... OG, an extended run of play in the, the start of the fourth quarter where he basically had seven or eight possessions to himself to do what he wanted with. He made seven or eight positive plays all stacked on top of one another, even as the Bucks defense loaded up on him. His defense on the Chris Middleton, just the Chris Middleton Giannis actions neutered basically in this game. They have so much success with them over this season and they will continue to as long as those two play together. But just putting OG in those actions to defend them immediately takes away so much of what they like to do. He was great. I mean, he had a stutter rip, drove baseline, spun it back middle, dropped the ball off to Bembry for a dunk, and just, holy moly, dude. That's advanced basketball. I love to see it. Fred Van Vliet didn't have a superb shooting night from the floor, but the game manager aspect of uh, of this one, this this competition was really, really there. He continues to impress me on ball. Even his bad games, I still consider it a win for the Raptors because there's so many smart decisions being made. And yes, there's going to be extra pop once Lowry returns to the lineup. Please don't buy into any of the statistics of how the Raptors play sans Lowry. That is just noise, I promise. Lowry is very good for this team, and they're a better team when he's back in. But Fred, in his stead, just going 40 minutes as the guy on ball, making a lot of great decisions, taking care of the ball, two turnovers, eight assists. Of course, the 33% from the floor isn't great, but you live with it when you get 40 minutes of just competent, 
careful, controlled basketball. And even just a couple nice highlight plays, like getting Giannis in isolation and then snatching this crossover in front of him and getting to the rim, using the rim to guard against Giannis's contest, finishing off the glass, really nice stuff. Powell, I mean, 75% from the floor, 9 of 12, 29 points, came out gangbusters, didn't miss a shot, basically for the first, you know, 12 minutes of gameplay. He completely dominated the Bucks defense from the back end, attacking weak side. He was great. This has been a trend for him. Obviously, this is one of the biggest indicators of his success as a scorer is how is he doing against the weak side? And in this game, my God, he was, in quotations, doing whatever that means. He was doing it. Boucher scored a little bit off the start. That was nice to see because he adds that vertical element to the the pick and roll. Short rolling, getting all the way to the bucket, stepping out to draw defenders away from the paint. Baines may have had his most impressive stretch of defense. It's between this and his game against Vucevic. And, you know, it, it's a toss-up. But I think the, the mobility that he had in this game, moving around the back end, was one of the more impressive defensive performances he's, he's had. Um, he had a couple tap-ins as well. You'll love to see it. He got fouled on the roll. Anytime he can add any danger to the Raptors' offense and ample security to their defense... You're looking at decent Baines minutes, especially since he's coming off the bench now. But I would say a resounding win for another small ball lineup. The Raptors clearly playing to more of their strengths. Uh, You know, everybody needs a good center in the NBA, especially if you're hoping to get more than regular season wins. You need a center. But the the Raptors are figuring the game out currently. And they're, they're playing five better players right now than they've been playing, you know, over however many games this season. Bembry... 36 minutes that there's not a ton of stats there, but he's just operating in a glue capacity. He's a connective tissue on offense for swing passes. He's much better in their scheme as far as switching and the bucks. We'll start there from the outset. First quarter, the Raptors switching very liberally. When you have OG Pascal, Fred, Bembry and Powell, that's a lot of similarly sized guys who also have a ton of length. Bembry, plus wingspan. Well, everybody has a plus wingspan except for Fred. And Fred has the gumption and tenacity to compete with anybody. I mean, if you were watching Giannis play offense and you saw him get the ball at the 45 extended, which he did many times in this game, Siakam's his primary, and you see Fred start hunting. And Giannis, the two-time MVP, defending, looks frazzled because... You know, Fred is the Tasmanian devil barking around at his knees. Des- well, Tasmanian, they don't bark, but Fred is bothering him and he's he has to pass out. And you have guys like Bembry and OG and Powell, Powell to a lesser degree, covering the back end. The switches were great. Scram switching, of course, to move away from some of the matchups you don't want at the back end. The Raptors, all the requisite work, rotations being made, and the Bucks. Really couldn't figure it out. There were pockets of this game where Giannis put his head down, abused with his length, and pushed when he could, got into advantageous situations. And yes, he he was able to score the ball. The Raptors tried to make him a playmaker, loaded up a bunch. And you could say the same for Chris Middleton too. Chris Middleton, for the second game in a row, very, very frazzled by the Raptors' pressure defense. The Raptors have been getting picked apart in a lot of games this year where they overload the strong side so much. And 
they that was intentional in this game. It just worked so much better. The Bucks they didn't have Drew Holiday as their release valve to kind of settle things down and really dominate off the the second side action or the weak side, and they missed him a lot. Dante Divincenzo was more of a shooter than a downhill attacker in this game. And the shooting was not good for him. You know, 6 of 15 from the field, 2 of 6 from downtown. And a lot of those shots open to semi-open. And it's just the Bucks taking on Giannis in particular and, and Chris Middleton to a large degree, but a lesser degree than Giannis, taking on so much attention. The Raptors, they can swarm. It is not an easy thing to take Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet in stride or Bembry and OG that is going to give most players a panic attack. And especially since the whoever's not involved in the action is a ball hawk to whatever pass you're making. That's that's great. So it means that the skip passes, the most advantageous pass that you can make, is maybe not as much in play as usual. So you're making the pass one pass away, and that means everybody can catch up. Everybody on the Raptors can catch up. You've just wasted some of their clock. You've got the ball out of Giannis's or Chris Middleton's hands. You're very, you've got like 12 seconds left on the shot clock. You're very comfortable. It was great defense, and it, that was throughout. This was just a thoroughly dominating performance by the Raptors. They were up 20 most of the game. Well, between you know 12 to 20 points, that's where the margin was for most of the game. When the Bucks made their run, they got within like 11 you know, since the start of the game when obviously you start tied at 0-0. But the Raptors handled it, and they had Fred and Pascal and Norm and OG even, OG in that fourth quarter, fending off a Bucks run, not just with his defense, but with his offense, taking those possessions in stride that I talked about at the top of the podcast, a post-up where he's able to get to the bucket. He He posted up Augustine. Augustine switched off him. He posts up Chris Middleton. That's a bucket. He tried to take the Nassus off the dribble. The Nassus fouls him. The next possession, he gets a post up and he finds Baines cutting to the rim, shooting foul shots. The next one, he rejects a screen, gets the bucket, reverse layup. The next one, he gets an ISO on the 45 extended against Middleton. He switches into a back down and gets to, to his right hand and he finishes. It's just like, holy smokes. You can do this, just these possession after possession after possession. You can go in and dominate. And certainly this isn't something we should expect every game and, you know, quarter over quarter, that's something OG is going to do. But the fact that he can flash it against a good team in games that matter, that's impressive as hell to me. And that's it. just having OG out there to do those kind of things makes the Raptors so much more dangerous. And not to mention he's a... You know, defensive player of the year to some people, all NBA to many type of defender. He's he's very affecting. And the Raptors, I mean, with the varied offense that they were able to trot out there where the assists were coming hot and heavy. I think they finished with 26 in this game, but it was 18 assists on 23 of their made field goals initially. It did come down a little bit because in the second half, the Bucks were switching a lot more liberally, which I think was maybe an attempt at a diagnosis of a problem. Brooke Lopez got played off of the floor and they tried to go with Giannis at the five and just try and stick the game out like that. Even Bobby Portis didn't have that much success after having a very, very good game against the Raptors in game one. So the Bucks they're playing small and they decide to switch liberally, but 
you know, they're not as good at the Switch game, and especially not in this one, as the Raptors. If the Raptors switch in OG and Pascal type of action, they're fine with whoever has the ball. But when Pascal is on ball and Fred sets a screen, why the Bucks were okay with Bryn Forbes playing defense on Pascal Siakam, I have no idea. And they they did it. So above the break, they switch really liberally. Pascal is just going to take that downhill or kind of he's going to motion into a post up and he's going to demand a double. Then he's going to make a pass. And the Raptors were doing a great job of cutting off of those doubles. Pascal was making great reads out of it. And the Raptors continued to pick the Bucks apart. So whether it was attacking a switch or attacking the lack of one when they were playing you know, more traditional Bucks basketball, Bucks defense, the Raptors were having their way. They figured out how to score against whatever the Bucks were doing. And the Bucks, the opposite of the Raptors in many ways, because the Raptors are consistently switching so many looks, even in the same possession, right? They can go from zone to man, back into zone. And the Bucks basically went from strict drop defense, chase over the top, to switching. And they went from one thing to the other. And the Raptors took both in stride. And they they made their they feasted on it. They did a great job of diagnosing what the Bucks were pu- putting out there and saying, okay, this is what we need to do to beat it. And it certainly helps when Pascal Siakam had a game like he did tonight. When I say he was the best player on the floor, I don't think that's that crazy to say. Giannis was a little bit underwhelming. I mean, honestly, Giannis he left the game because he tried to elbow OG in the face slash throat. That was, he got a flagrant and, you know, deservedly so. It was obviously, you could see it in his eye. He looked OG down and was like, yep, you're getting the elbow, buddy. And I'm going to dunk it right after or I'm fouling out of this game because I don't want to be in it anymore. And so he got his fifth foul guarding Pascal and Pascal just cooked him in the post straight up. Think about, just try and think of the past couple of years, how demoralizing it was to see Pascal try and post up Giannis to tonight where Pascal down the stretch is cooking him for his fifth foul and Mike Boonholzer has to take Giannis out and try and play that game down the stretch where he's trying to save Giannis' foul. And my God, forgive me, I can't speak. The Bucks were having a lot of trouble. Boonholzer was trying to ride that fine line between playing your star, trusting him not to foul, and then seeing that Giannis was looking very aggro and knowing, hey, I I can't have you in there, buddy. If we want to try and come back in this game, I'm going to need you to finish it. And so he pulled Giannis out, but Giannis just came back in the game like a minute later and decided he was done. And so he elbowed OG in the face. OG, by all counts, is fine. And the Raptors just went on to pull out. They dominated the Bucs thoroughly. This game didn't offer... A ton of anything if you're a Bucks fan. I don't know what you would take away from this one because they're, you know, Giannis, I guess you could appreciate his ability to just take the ball downhill and try and wheel the Bucks to some baskets. And he did. Got to the line a little bit, which he always has to shoot better from the line because late in games, if Giannis is going to be hesitant to go to the line, He's going to be playing a different style of basketball. He won't be driving as hard. And Giannis being able to drive the basketball as hard as he does and finish the way he does, is the that is the pillar from which his game is built. 
if he is less incentivized to drive because he knows he can't hit free throws at the requisite percentage that he needs to late in games, it's going to be a tough climb for them to ever envision him as a feature of their clutch time offense. That's just something he has to work on, something he has to get better at. And Chris Middleton, if he's going to be this frazzled by ball pressure defensively, that's that's really bad news too, especially if Drew isn't in the game. And Drew, you know, probably should be in the all-star considerations if many people weren't because he's a lot more important to this team than a lot of people might think. He's in the shadow of Middleton and Giannis for sure. But man, the Raptors is come out beat up on I they they dominated them it was a fun game I enjoyed it most thoroughly okay Reggie Evans award DeAndre Bembry gotta give it to you my guy I thought the 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 compete level defensively was awesome I love players who can do a little bit of everything and Bembry continues to do a lot of stuff at a very high level having a guy a starter who only takes three shots might on its face seem like it's problematic, but he reads the game so well, both as an off-ball and on-ball guy, that he's still doing a pretty good job of maximizing what he's able to do out there on the offensive end. And defensively, you don't really have to worry about anything because he's very, very good at pressuring the ball. He's good good at one-on-one defense. He can navigate screens. There's a reason the Raptors sicked him on John Morant. However, you know, like a week ago, a week and a half, and he had success. And off ball, he's active. He's attentive. There were a couple things above the break where there was a bit of miscommunication with him tonight. But I expect that to be sorted out. There, everybody's still kind of figuring things out. And he's not going to be a starter for forever. Or at least I, I highly doubt that. But I loved his ability to just kind of plug in tonight and fit a lot of what the Raptors needed. So, top quick reaction comment is from Lowly for Mobley. Quote, here's what I have to say. Imagine Lowry in instead of Flynn, a 20-7 and guy. Two, imagine Collins in on this team instead of TD. Wow, wow, wow. Now, anybody have that clip of Fred snatch that ball out of Giannis? That showed me the Raps are serious. No one wants to play the Raps. Now, Bembry is our major glue guy, better than Marcus Smart. When guys on the floor, our ball movement is elite. I repeat, elite. He has the ability to guard all positions with heart and hustle. Wow, what a pickup. Take a bow, Raptors. FO, front office. This team is back. Today we kicked Bambi's butt. Tomorrow is three little pigs and big bad wolf's turn. Let's go raps, end quote. Okay, yeah. Uh, The John Collins thing. You have to trade for John Collins, by the way. He's not just going to be on on the team. And the Raptors, apparently the Hawks are asking for a lottery pick for John Collins. The Raptors don't have a lottery pick, which means they would probably have to send another asset of sorts, so... You can't just transport him onto the team. Uh, you bring up about Flynn. He played a doubleheader today, so that's pretty cool. Even though he wasn't impactful at the NBA level today, I think that's still a fun little anecdote. Uh, yeah, the steal Fred where he just, Giannis was about to go up and Fred got hand on the ball and took it out of his hands while in motion. Heavy hands, Fred Van Vliet, baby. And uh, yeah, the Raptors, as you know, uh, Bembry, I'm a huge fan. Uh, better than Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is really good. I know Raptors fans don't like Marcus Smart, but he is. He's the real deal. He's an immensely talented player, and his his ability to guard is very, very underrated, even, even still. But the team is back. Could be. I, I think the Raptors are starting to play 
more in line with what is their potential ceiling, right? There's They're just doing things that are more in line with what is naturally inherently advantageous for the guys on the court. And that's always nice to see. You love to see the guys do what they're meant to do and play to the best of their abilities. And I'm excited for Kyle Lowry to come back and for the team to keep working because they're not bad enough to try and tank. So see how high you can punch. See what happens. If something advantageous, is, you can be opportunistic at the trade deadline. See what happens. Should be fun. But thank you for listening. Lowly for Mobley. Thank you for commenting. I hope you enjoyed tuning in. But whether you got into it in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.